Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, she's back at Sport HQ. Our first ever junior guest and, it's got to be said, a sports show favourite. We don't normally have favourites on this show, as Tony will tell you, but uh, this young lady, yeah, she's our favourite. Jess Weaver's back. We're going to look back at her glittering junior career, and what I want to know is what happens next. Not Fast Dave joins us to look back at what the Yellow Army's been up to in the last week, and it's Newark Town that's making all the headlines in the pre-season football gossip. Welcome to the renowned... And if you listened to the conversation five minutes ago, possibly controversial, Radio Newark Sport. Let's start with the headlines. I keep playing the music. The new favourite for the Geordie job apparently is Steve Bruce. I give up. I really do. A new venue for our open water swimmer, Louise Orgill, with a trip to the Scaling Dam at Whitbay for the Champions of Champion event. Louise completed the full nine miles and told it was an excellent but a tiring day for all those involved. I think it probably was. Sean Balfe and Rob Bell take second place in a grueling battle in the latest round of the British GT Championships held at Donington Park. And Newark strider Peter Davis was competing in the Knotts 10k race at Home Pierpont last Friday. A race which also serves as the county championships over that distance and we are delighted to report he won his veteran 65 age group county gold medal for the second year in succession. And in a last minute change to the bill for bragging rights at Nottingham's Harvey Haddon Stadium on Saturday July the 6th Newark's Chad Sugden will now face Lancashire base Luke Blackedge in an eight-round light heavyweight main event. Ranked number nine in the UK and a former Commonwealth champion, Blackledge replaces Sugden's original opponent, who was forced to pull out through injury. Newark Lawn Tennis Club came back from Bingham with a victory for the men's seconds in the short format game, and there's a full report of that one on our social media pages as there is about Newark sidecar racer Simon Horton, who enjoyed three top finishes at his favourite Cadwell Park track over the weekend. And finally, Isabel Darvell had a very good ride to finish seventh in the Ilkley Town Centre cycle race last Wednesday night, while Owen Wilby competed the Mountain Mayhem 24-hour mountain bike endurance races Market Harbour. Are the mountains in Market Harbour? Okay. And that was all over last weekend, and he ended up finishing a fantastic fourth. Now, the idea was that I was going to go on to tell Tony that Pakistan are moving in on a victory over New Zealand, which will put um, them one point behind England in the group. Remember, England are not panicking in this, in this um, World Cup. 
one of the favourites, if not the favourites, they're not panicking. England have two games left against India and New Zealand. While if Pakistan win this afternoon, they will have two games left against Afghanistan and Bangladesh. <laughs> but England are not panicking. <laughs> Mainly because we've got an Irish captain who's got no affiliation to England whatsoever. Oh, dearie me. He was the one that said, what's the problem with getting beat by the Aussies at Lords? No. Nah, He's obviously not English then, is he? Yeah, but no, it's... it's um, now, it's, come on. Yeah, no, it's, it's... There it's, is a problem being beaten by the Aussies. Full stop. Yeah. In whatever sport, full stop. You, you, you can't talk nationalities with cricket. Otherwise, otherwise Ben Stokes would play for New Zealand, wouldn't he? Well, pay for the place you was born. It's as simple as that. <laughs> Um, but that got Tony thinking, which I understand and I know he's done happen too often. No, thankfully. And, and he's come up That'd with... That'd be dangerous. He's come up with a, a good question, and we'll elaborate on it a, a little bit later in the shows. But, to start the ball rolling, you said... This afternoon... Well, today, the whole of today, I've been at home listening to uh, Pakistan against uh, New Zealand from Edgbaston, and the atmosphere from... Half past nine this morning was unbelievable at Edgbaston. So that now becomes my second best sporting atmosphere that I've ever, uh, I can't exactly say witnessed firsthand because I've never actually been to Edgbaston. But th th that was, a, it, in 2005, in the best ashes ever, Edgbaston was the place to be. Absolutely fantastic. When it finished with two runs between the, between the English... And, and the Australians. That's the result, not the ground. No, but but I mean, but the atmosphere during the course. If England had won by an inches and five hundred and something runs, you wouldn't have had the atmosphere. <laughs> we can't have this in Braille. It's so sad, isn't it? But you wouldn't, but, would but you? But what I'm saying is, you only had the atmosphere but, but because of the excitement. It, but it was a great atmosphere right, over okay. the five days of that right. test match. Okay. okay, as it was today, absolutely right. superb. Even though it started an hour late, the atmosphere was great from half nine. Right on okay. five live extra. Right, the best atmosphere. I've ever actually uh, experienced firsthand was um, the Crucible Theatre for the uh, Snooker World Championships, which was incredible. You just don't breathe. That's the one that's not big enough to have it anymore, isn't it, or something? No, no, it's, it's just uh, that that was the best, you know. Well, if you put 200 people in a snooker table in I your just, living room, I, it'd I, be cosy. I, I just wandered in and made that statement, that was all. You did, and I decided <coughs> that snooker was a pub game and not a sport, and you didn't agree. Well, you do I think horse racing is a no, sport. No, I don't. So, or know, darts. Or darts, yes. Or Formula so, One. So, so all you people out there can well, make your own mind up about this argument. I'll provide the rope. We will, <laughs> we, will we will take this argument a stage further on another night when I've got longer time to argue the point. Manchester United have reached an agreement to sign the Crystal Palace fullback Aaron Van... whatever his name is. It's a very good move, isn't it? It is a very good move. 50 million quid. Absolutely brilliant move. Right, 50 million pounds. Why United... would you leave a forward-thinking club like Crystal Palace for that rubbish? I'm not knocking it. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you the facts. Oh, sorry. 10,000 pounds he's on at Crystal Palace. United are offering him 80,000 pounds a week. And he's still only about the fifth highest player at United if he goes to that. But the point is, <clears throat> he can't not go can he one um one visaka actually he cannot not go can he if somebody's you know 10 grand to 80 grand 
the lad's going to go, isn't he? The point I'm really getting at, Tony, <coughs> is that they've already signed the lad Daniel James from Swansea. It looks like they're going to go after all a clutch of youngsters and going to mm, build a few. Yeah. That's fair comment. Yeah, that's Again, good, that's, that's, that's fair comment. People can't compete, can they? No, the rest wages. of the Premier League can't compete. No, it's, it's just... Um, I mean, the lure of Manchester United is, is enough in itself for a footballer but with, 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 without the finances. It's just unfortunate at the moment the football club itself is in free fall in terms of credibility. So we'll talk about that a bit more tomorrow night. We'll also talk about Chelsea's new manager-elect who was an abject failure at Derby and now he's going to go to he Chelsea. He's the playoffs. Yeah. Well, that's rather better than Forrest did, I thought. And what's the and where will both clubs be playing next season? In the Championship. End of. Yeah, but right, they'll be on. in the top half. And, and they're still in the Championship. So he failed. <laughs> he failed to get them promotion. And he's now going to a club that's no story. Tourists are going to sack a manager if they don't win a game. And he can't spend a penny because he's not allowed to. And that doesn't mean he don't go to the toilet before you make any comments. I'll, I'll leave that one for later. Yeah. After nine o'clock, that one. So, Frank Lampard tomorrow night as well. Actually, I've got some very interesting views on that appointment. OK, well, we'll wait until tomorrow night. Our special guest tonight has the distinction of being our first ever young guest to appear on Radio Newark Sport. And, as I said at the top show, is without doubt a show favourite. In five short years, she's turned from, well, I've written here, a shy youngster. I'm not quite sure that was ever the case, to be honest. But I think you might have turned two pages at once. I think I have. I'm on tomorrow night's guest here, aren't I? A shy youngster. <laughs> who started off in the studio and went on to Captain England at under-18 rugby. It's been an incredible journey, but the days of junior rugby are all over. So we're going to look back at the highlights and we're going to look forward after half past seven to what comes next. Was it just a junior sport and now she's all grown up in the real world? What happens next to the rugby? Or... Is she going to go on and do what I think she's going to do and become a rugby international? So, welcome back to... If she ever wakes up. Welcome <laughs> back to... Um, <laughs> she's busy working on the farm. It, it, it's, taking, it's taking its toll. Um, welcome back to Jess Weaver. Jess, you've been in here countless times, so you know the routine, so why aren't you standing in, sitting in front of the mic? <laughs> you I've got you now, yes. Um... She just points out there that Mick didn't actually have it switched on. <laughs> 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 oh, it's going to be a long night. <laughs> um, and the guests are more professional than us. <laughs> <laughs> That's every night, Tony. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, let's talk Jess Weaver for a while because it is nearly five years since you come into this studio. Mm-hmm. Three or four of you saying that we're trying, we want to start a rugby team at Newark for yeah. the girls. Um, we want to know if anybody out there wants to join in. Um, if you do, come down. And you had about five people that night and about nine people the week later and it grew and grew and I think... Uh, for once, Tony talked sense. Wouldn't it, <laughs> wouldn't it be fantastic if somebody made a film out of the last five years? <laughs> mm. Wouldn't it be one heck of a f- <laughs> film, wouldn't it? it? You know, they... The, the Fisherman's Friends film that's out, yeah, a feel-good film because you've got everything. You've got joy, you've got sadness. You've, it would be a cracking film, wouldn't it? But tantrums. Tantrums, <laughs> oh, lots of tantrums. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can leave the coaches out of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's just have a quick 
resume of those five years would you have changed anything um no no i mean i feel like where you start out in your in your sport in general in every sport like you always remember it you remember the memories the most i feel like when you're younger as well that's when you make your closest friends like i'm still very close with all the girls there especially like obviously maddie maddie crofts um yeah i mean yeah it was it was hard to start one once it did i mean but i feel like with the girls section down there i mean everyone's in girls rugby everyone's so like oh i don't want to play rugby it's it's not for girls it's a man's sport sort of thing um i mean like for myself like i came from gymnastics i used to do gymnastics moving from there to rugby you'd think it's completely at different ends of the spectrum but yeah and i feel like that's why it's so special like the the years that back at newark were special because you attract the most random girls from everywhere that you wouldn't probably at school get on <laughs> like um and you just because you're just having fun and just mucking about you it makes it even better and you create really good friendships so i feel like that was probably the um main reason why the time at newark was so so good oh you say you're from gymnastics but you're also from a rugby family aren't, yeah. aren't, aren't you and there's a lovely comment that uh, someone put on our social media pages today a better rugby player than your dad or, or your uncles if we're going to make a film of it <clears throat> the best bit of the film will be, will be when victoria mm. came and w led you out in the semi-final yeah. The, yeah. the, the, that will be the bit where the, 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 there will be no dry eyes in the, in, 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 yeah. in, the, in the entire cinema. That will be fantastic. However, the bit that best encap encapsulates the friendship you're talking about mm. was that time we had the presentation at Callum Road, uh, the, the, the Newark and Shearer Sports Awards, mm -hmm. and Victoria was there and the entire occasion got too much for her yeah. and she started to cry. Mm. And we just didn't know what to do. The sort of yeah. grown-ups didn't know what to do. And all the girls went, come here. And yeah. it was just so seamless, so natural. Mm. You just took her under your wing, and, and that was absolutely fan fantastic. Yeah, I I feel like that is uh, one of the best things we probably yeah. think is why we are so close. Because that, I mean, that situation in itself is like obviously. Do, do you awful, think? It, but it, it, just put that round to Phil a second, can because Dad, Dad uh, Dad's here as well, and Dad was on the same the same journey mm -hmm. do, do you think phil that it was it was just a golden time and you know we'll we will look back and i mean newark probably always have a girls rugby team but i don't know if newark can ever replicate what's gone off in those four five just golden years um <clears throat> when you look back at the time like when you're actually involved with it you don't realize what you've got but when you look back now we've been involved with other clubs and other teams you look back and you realize what you had there were some real individual talents there that gelled as a team which is important um you know there was some fantastic players really some fantastic players and um and it just seemed to click just seemed to work um yeah, and the, and then the story behind it, they say it's almost like a fairy tale. It's you could make a film. Well, out you of could. It. I mean, he, he is right. You yeah. know, if somebody could get hold of this, the, the, there isn't. It's just ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. What What was? I mean, the highlight moment, Jess, and the, I mean, the cry moment. We've all 
we've all cried on countless occasions yeah. i mean yeah, yeah okay at chesterfield when you actually realize that you'd got to a national final um abby hammond running with the ball and dad and mark and everybody screaming after to put it out and i think she'll still run it when she reached mansfield <laughs> um you know we we cried that that day we we cried at banbury when you went over the line in the final two seconds i mean even that wasn't normal final two seconds to to win a match that we dominated and almost lost yeah uh, we cried that day um you went to Ealing and played probably the best girls rugby team there is because they could pick and choose every rugby player in the south of england and for a good hour they didn't know what hit them and it was only injuries at the end of the yeah. day we cried that day um the whole victoria scenario mm. we cried buckets and I- i've got a tear in my eye i must admit because you are very special um to see the little girl that came in here to stand up in front of 200 people at the presentation evening and give a a 10 minute speech um i mean that was just absolutely fantastic so what was your highlights um yeah um, probably winning winning the national <laughs> i mean you don't play sport if you're not competitive realistically do you but um, I, I always say that he, he disagrees i always say that <laughs> <laughs> um yeah prob- probably that i mean you don't get much better than being the best team in the country and i feel like for rug- women's rugby to be not as well known and and to come into something that probably like we said at the start like newark only formed really that year and then the next year um it was it was weird because i hadn't got a clue what kind of the even league set up i didn't even know it was possible to become the best team sort of in the country so then building your way way up to that having victoria on the way people coming in people even like the girls that at the start weren't weren't so good at rugby or and seeing them progress to being really good rugby players um and and obviously like we also get but like the support off everyone else i mean it makes a little family doesn't it it sounds all ridiculous but um yeah it's just something especially at school when when so much is going off and you're concentrating on gcses and all that to to go on a weekend and just not wear makeup let's say because there's still a lot of girly girls that play rugby and just chill with your friends and not wear makeup i can remember you combing your hair <laughs> before you went out there <laughs> i i think it i, I don't know I, obviously yeah the winning was probably the highlight um and obviously how we won with scoring in the last seconds of the game but the whole thing in general now now i'm older looking back to it um just like all of it was was, was a it was golden, really? wasn't it? Yeah. it? It was actually when you you know, you look when old codgers like us sitting here and look back over fifty years that we've been watching sport, that was golden, yes. and it will never. I'm, I I don't think I shall ever <laughs> see no. something like that again. Right, we're going to go to Notfast. Going to talk to Dave, and then we're going to get a little bit serious because I want to know what happens next in the life of Jess Weaver. 
A busy week for Not Fast. Of course, it was the summer solstice last Friday night and they was out in force, was the Yellow Army. And the man to tell us all about it, of course, is Dave Farger. Dave, welcome to Radio Newark. Welcome back. Um, tell us about the Not Fast week. Thank you, Mick. I will do. Yeah, it was uh, very much out in force uh, for summer solstice. Uh, I'll start with park runs, first of all. We had 25 club members over six different park runs. Debbie Harding got a new PB. Uh, three members were taking part in the Grimsthorpe Gallop uh, last week. I think it was Saturday. Um, Vic Knight taking part in the 10K. He got a new time of uh, 1 hour 4.43. Maria Brambles and Suzanne Catley took on the 10-mile race, both crossing the finish line in 2 hours 2.34. Now, Madeline Comby was at the uh, Clumber Park for the uh, monthly free Clumber Trust 10K. Uh, she got a new course personal best in 1 hour 7.36. Nettie Stevens was in London for the Metro London Blind Sport event. She took home two gold medals, uh, one for the ladies 800 metres and one for the 5,000 metres. I had a bit of an error on the website, so it's a 5,000 metre and an 800 metre she got gold in. Uh, but like you mentioned, the main event was on Friday night in Long Bennington Summer Solstice, uh, held by Grantham Running Club. We had 65 members taking part. Uh, 22 people got personal bests. Uh, the full results on those members that did get personal bests will be on the website. But a couple of standouts. Dawn Lamb, her first ever 10K, and I believe she really enjoyed it. And a special mention to Jill Oxley, Diana Wakefield, and Janet Davis, they were on the winning ladies team in the race. So some really good results, some uh, hell of a lot of personal bests and some prizes and medals last week. So really good, really good week for Notfest. It was a cracking week. It was a cracking week for our runners and um, the sun made one of its very rare appearances on Friday night for the summer solstice, which made it, I think, even more special. And they was really seemed to be en- enjoyed and you was right. There was an awful lot of smiles on the faces of of the runners, and and that was nice to see as well. Isn't it just? And not, now the weather's getting a bit better. I think. Um, well, I say it's getting better. Touch wood, it's going to get better. <laughs> um, especially for those people, you know, in the next couple of months, we've got the New York Half Marathon coming up. So fingers crossed, it's going to be a good one for that. And there's still there's still a month or so left of um, available entries to get in there. So if you're thinking about it, get signed up. Getting there because it's a cracking event. Dave, thank you so much. Mm, pleasure, Mick. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Dave Farger there with the Not Fast Report. And have you got what it takes to get involved in now? Quids for Kids Day on Friday the 12th of July. Schools, businesses and even individuals can get involved as we plan to raise money for the Children's Bereavement Centre here in Newark. It's really simple. Take part in non-uniform, fancy dress day at school or work, polish your baking skills, have a bake-off or just get together and have a raffle. All we ask is you put a simple £1 donation into a pot. Radio Newark will be there, here, there, everywhere, spreading the word about the Children's Bereavement Centre on the 12th of July and we could come to you. If you ask us to, we will come to you. We're getting as many people onto the airwaves as Radio Newark as we possibly can. It's going to be all over social media on what's looking to be a fantastic day. 
The Children's Bereavement Centre is our charity for 2019 and we want to raise awareness and funds for this local Nottinghamshire charity and the vital work that they do. For further information on our Quids for Kids Day, call us on 01636 550 553 or head over to our website www.radio.co.uk and join in, because that's what it's all about, joining in. Our special guest in the studio tonight is a special friend. It's Jess Weaver. And Jess, you've come to that part of your life now where you've got some thinking to do, really, or mm-hmm. knowing you, you probably have got it already thought out. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk and to a lot of youngsters that come into this studio and they're very good at the sport that they do and, you know... Tony and I make a big play about are you going to go on and we want to see you at the Olympics and you know, you're going to be a superstar but the reality of it all is when 18, 19, 20 arrives and you've got to go out there into the big wide world and you've got to earn yourself a living sometimes sport takes a back seat but for the ones of us that or the ones of you that are very good at the sport that you do does that carry on into a professional level? And what is the professional level in ladies' rugby like now? So there's lots of thinking and there's lots of questions as we just get serious for a few <laughs> minutes because that's the stage of your career you are at now then, Jess, is it not? Um, yeah, so well, I've been doing women's... I've actually been doing women's rugby for a year now, so I, I kind of... Um, I, I did have another year left in under-18s, but I decided that it was time especially when I moved to Loughborough for my um, college, that um, it was time to kind of take a step up. Um, and, yeah, the ne- obviously the next step for me is women's rugby and I'm playing at the Prem side at Loughborough, uh, so Loughborough Lightning. Um, and I've done, I've mainly done development, the development team, so essentially the seconds, um, being a part of that um, this year. And it's been great at, been I've really stuck at it and um it's a real good side to train alongside the likes of Sarah Hunter, Katie Dana McLean who are like England internationals, train with them like week in, week out, but then when you come to play in your games you're still playing with the high quality players that are not quite making the first team yet. Um but also just still staying in your comfort zone of possibly where you would still be at in under eighteens but still at the same time pushing yourself so um so i'm gonna stay i'm staying there um for the next three years because i'm doing a degree at loughborough um and yeah so hopefully this year my my plans are um i want to push to be in either a starting nine or obviously bench hopefully benching um because I feel like I've really developed in my in the second scene this year, and I feel like um, I can progress to be have a chance at the first team. Um, obviously, it's hard because there's there's all the England internationals. Like we've had a few signings come over already, um, and it's it's the the, the I'm eighteen. There, <laughs> some of them are in the twenties, thirties. You know, what I mean, it's a massive step up. But that's what I'm hoping to do. Um, and, and, yeah, so I'm hoping you, to be... You've got to be patient, though, now, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. Um, Phil, Dad, um, 
got to this stage now. Um, I just want to go back three years first because I was with your wife at the time when Jess decided that she was going off to Loughborough as a sort of 15, 16, 15 year old. Mm -hmm. And poor old Ellen was distraught almost. (laughs) Um, But looking back on those three years now, that decision, both for Jess as a person and for Jess as a rugby player mm-hmm. has proved 100% worthwhile. Oh, absolutely. Um, Jess as a person especially. Um, it's a way of weaning them away as well, I think. You know, they go away and turn into somebody, you know, and uh, it's taught me... J- Jess has come on as, as a person and it's taught me to trust Jess's judgement as well. Um, quite often you can, as a parent, when you're watching games and I've been a coach you know for a few years and played all my life and you can get a little bit impatient sometimes and uh, and Jess has really has stuck at what she believes worked hard at what she believes and um, sometimes when I've been putting my point of view across um, a couple of days after each game or whatever um, she's taught me to um, just calm well calm down but not calm down but just trust her judgment you know she's been absolutely phenomenal um, yeah, she's stopping on for another three years. As she's yeah. just told us, and I, I, I would suggest that the, probably the second three years has not been a tra- as traumatic for Helen as the first three years. No, <laughs> and, and was. Um, but Jess, we'll come back to the rugby in a moment. You're not just solely relying on rugby, though, are you? Oh no, no, definitely not. Um, I'm I'm wanting to hopefully when I get older be it be a teacher um in sports so be a sports teacher um but yeah I I mean I love my rugby to bits but I feel like I enjoy it while I'm enjoying it while I'm still young so I I I mean I want to have something when I'm my late 20s or mid 20s that I can say right I've done what I want to do and I've achieved what I believe is the most that I can achieve, um, and then I and then I can turn around and be like, "It's all right," because I've got I've got my degree. Hopefully, fingers crossed, if it all goes well in the next few years, and I'm also working in a school um, that hopefully pay well. And do you know what I mean? It's nice to still then, because at the same time, I'll be coming away from my, the sport that I love, but still being involved in sport and hopefully teaching like the younger de- generation how the th- things that i've experienced you know what i mean and, and again this is i mean you're right what you're saying she's very old head on young young shoulders as much as the rugby may turn out to be great you need something in the background don't you of course you do yeah we've always said that all along um yeah, so, and uh, Jess is great with kids as well. Um, I first, I, I personally, I think she'd make a great coach, to be honest. This is another thing, that avenue that she could go down. But, um, yeah, no, she, like you say, old head on young shoulders. Well, come back to Loughborough Lightnings and the professional game mm-hmm. in a couple of minutes, because whereas Tony and I disagree on most things in, the, in, 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 in sport, the one things that we do agree on it is that in our lifetime watching it, ladies, rugby, cricket and football, from what it was 
20 years ago to what it is now is there's just absolutely no comparison and you know tony when you first started as a professional journalist you would not be talking to an 18 year old girl rugby player no because the, the difference is that in in those days um as my as my own daughters call them the olden days I mean, it, it, girls' sport was a minority sport, yeah. and it's not anymore, is it? I mean, like sort of you can, you can see on television at the moment with the, with, the, with the World Cup with the football, but you know it's 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 it's, it's, it's a mainstream sport, and women's cricket, I still maintain, <clears throat> is a far higher level than you know sort of. They're throwing money into it as well, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, but but, it's, but, but, but I, I've, I've watched the the, the the Knott's women's team play, and it's a far higher level than the men play at <laughs> in the Premier League of, 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 of cricket. You know, it's it's, it's abs- There's absolutely no there's there's, there's there's no barrier. There's no dividing line. It's just seamless. It's it's, it's the same game. I must admit, <clears throat> this is this is a really bad time to have to admit this, but I've never seen the girls' rugby. I've only ever heard about it on this. I've only ever fallen in love with it on this program. I've never actually seen them, and I would love to go along, you know, with Mick to Callum Road or wherever, or go watch the England team at sort of, you know, the Principality Stadium in Wales. That'd be a good gig. Are you listening, Jess? That'd be great to go along to one of those. But I've never actually seen that. But I have seen. I, <clears throat> I, I I deliberately sat down and watched because since you've last met me, I've um, become a granddad. Mm. So, uh, and, and and my eight-month-old granddaughter has got legs like has, has got thighs like Stuart Pearce, and, and, and the dad's a footballer. She's too young to know Stuart Pearce. Yeah. <clears throat> but, but but you know she's, she's she's built like a footballer, and and so um, <clears throat> she, she'll love a granddad saying that when she's about six. <clears throat> but basically, and the dad's a football nut, and if she becomes a women's footballer at whatever level there's no bigger fan than me you know yeah. because you know it'd be great to see her playing playing the game so jess i think you're at the right age to be breaking into a professional ladies sport aren't you because if you was even 10 years older yeah you would it wouldn't have happened would it but now and you said they're pumping money into the cricket they're also pumping money into the rugby aren't they yeah it, 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 it's on it's getting on tv it's getting it's getting shown and the more exposure it gets the bigger it's going to get yeah well i mean there's professional contracts out now so yeah. <clears throat> like before a couple of years ago the girls would have to go to work fit in all the training and then play a world cup do you know what i mean and and they do pretty well like england doing in comparison to the rest of the teams in the world so they're pretty up there um but yeah like i just said like this season they've um introduced the new professional contracts so all of the girls now don't have to work <laughs> like sack the jobs off sort of thing and um they've gone and um yeah so they're in these like professional contracts so they'll they'll train with the the prem team so like our girls will train with at love for lightning and then they'll go off on the camps but like it's i've spoke to a few of the girls and they say it's just like it's so much easier because you can put you can really dedicate your time now to like the the tiny skills that you have to do and like the the extra fitness that you have to do and and also like it's not just that it's the recovery time like you play in a massive game and the men they'll they'll chill for the next day or two let's say like the women have to just go to work the next day do you know like as if it's 
they haven't done anything um so that in itself like it's nice to see um the women's game being recognized and getting what they deserve because like i said before they are they they don't they're not bad you know what i mean like they came second in the world cup like one in 20 i think it's 2014 um so they they should be getting like the credit that they deserve because they they're real good athletes some of the girls are tell, tell me a bit about the the structure then of the the premier game mm-hmm. right right at the top you told me loughborough one of the teams in in the premier league we went yeah. to um Ealing, didn't we and, mm-hmm. and we saw after your game we saw a um the premier playoff from being harsley quinns and Saracens and Saracens and I tell you what Tony it was <laughs> there was um, yes it was a bit rough shall we say <laughs> that, was some game, <laughs> that was some game to watch um, so tell me a bit about the Premier League um, yeah so there's I think correct me if I'm wrong but seven or eight teams um, obviously big names like Harlequins, Saracens, Wasps um, and then us um, and yeah so play on a Saturday and train Tuesday, Thursday sort of thing. Um, we we made it to, well, our first team made it to the semi-final but lost out to Harlequins. Um, but yeah, we've done, considering we're not a, a top sort of prem team that mirrors the men's team, say like Saracens, um, starting, we started off from fresh last year. We've done really well this year um, and it helps in the fact that we love, it's our grounds at Loughborough Uni so we obviously train in Powerbase which is one of the best gyms like in the country um, and our facilities are amazing and, and we have a great head coach actually and um, and obviously the signings we've made this year like KT McKean came over um, so yeah like the setup at Loughborough for everyone is just amazing because as well um, like I've been at the college for two years now but the college are such a big part of the prem team which you you wouldn't think because some of the girls that got brought in at 17 which is young isn't it compared to some of the girls that are there at 30 um but yeah like the opportunities that it presents like the fact that there is it's not just a first team it's not just a prem prem premier league there's also the development we call it the development side we don't like to call it the seconds but um yeah that you can play in and you still get that high level of of rugby and but at the same time like i said earlier like you're still training with the top end girls so if you train hard you put in your hours your extra work you get even though you're 17 18 you get them chances to play in the first team and and like like uh, earlier i said it that in itself is amazing because probably somewhere else you wouldn't have you'd have to be cherry-picked from your club under-18s clubs as well as with having the college there you just feed through and if you shine in your college games like you're straight in there and and that step up is massive because college is college is great don't get me wrong but like like i said earlier the the gym the time the snc work that they put in to make you the fittest and the the strongest you can be because you putting against some big bruisers they, so they, <laughs> i mean you gotta be in a <laughs> brilliant but yeah so the actual the setup at loughborough is amazing and hopefully next year i'd like to come back and say we we're getting to the top two well that that's the, what our hopes are as a club
Now, at one stage, I think those four girls vying for one position, wasn't they? Yeah. Now, one of, them's, <laughs> one of them, at least one of them's gone. Yeah, well, there was, uh, Liv- at Liverpool, there's very high competition for scrum arse, which is my position, um, which some people take in a way that's like, oh, God, I've uh, got um, loads of competition, don't like it. But I've, I feel like I'm... There's me and another girl that's the same age. We're the youngest, um, and I I feel like you know when you so, you sort of have to know your place. That when you're playing against when you're competing against the Scotland international starting nine, and then two under twenties players that have also played for the England uh, national B team, like you have to sort of <laughs> take it in a way that you train with them. So. <laughs> it's actually at your benefit, do you know what I mean? You're watching them, uh, you, you want to see how they're training and what the extra things that they do, how they pass, um, how they play their game, and then sort of see what your strengths are so you can then work on your strengths that might then in the end be better than theirs, do you know? Do, do you understand what I mean? So, yeah, it has been, don't get me wrong, it has been really tough, but I've enjoyed sticking through with it and learning off the older girls but at the same time like this season I'm now there's been a few injuries which has come at my uh, benefit and like you said earlier one girl's uh, moved to Saracens um, which does obviously help but I feel like I've I'm working towards it to deserve it and I mean obviously injuries does play a massive part in um, and I'd still be grateful to still be even playing doing my week in week out development team next year like that would still please me because you're still developing and you have to remember you're still young um but yeah that's that's when you're asking about my like goals and stuff that's my goal to be a bencher for the first this year because i feel like that's what i've worked for all last season sort of thing we need to have a ride over to loughborough tony we really <laughs> right when we come back we're gonna have a look <coughs> at um what's coming up um, in the football season as they gear up to to kick off we're going to get dad's opinion of where his oldest daughter is going to go in the world of rugby and then we're going to talk about being an england captain I'll tell you what dad never managed that one did he <laughs> pakistan have beaten new zealand by six wickets to move one point behind england and they both got two matches left pakistan's two matches afghanistan and bangladesh but remember what the irish captain says no need to worry okay um something that we call countdown to the the football season where we try and find what's going off locally in as our teams build up for the new season And nearly locally, but it looks like Bolsover have resigned from the East Midlands Counties League. Remember, they come down from step five to step six last year. I would love to know what Ollerton and Harworth are thinking. They are not going to be impressed because both of them lost FA appeals. Harworth to stop at step six and Ollerton to transfer from the North East Counties to the East Midlands Counties, which was the obvious place for them. To be playing football, it now looks like the East Midlands counties are going to have to run with 19 teams because it's past the AGMs, and once you pass the AGM, according to the FA, you can't change the format. 
Another team dropping out of the league is Matlock Town Reserves. Why does this affect us? Well, it's the same division as both Newark Town and Collingham are in, the Central Midlands North. And if you recall on this one, the FA, in their infinite wisdom, put Clay Cross in the Southern Division and left Matlock, who are further west than Clay Cross, to go to, Do- to, go to Doncaster almost every week and Scunthorpe and, and Newark. So they've basically dropped out of the league. Which leaves that one with 15 teams. Flow save will apparently have to wait a little bit longer until they know if they can have an under 23 side. Um, as we all know, they was late applying to the um, links under 23 league, and it's now apparently going to go before that league's AGM. They're going to put it to the clubs. Do you want another club in the league or not? So Flow Server are going to have to wait a little bit longer to find out if they're going to run an under 23 team and following of course slow serve decision not to have a reserve team it's very interesting to see where the players are all popping up because by all accounts new york town curtain brickworks and harabay are all more than rumored to be interested in the ex flow serve reserve players i do know i have found out a bit of bit of professional journalism here i have found out that lewis chambers nathan burrows and aaron martin have actually signed for new at tan and i think they're three cracking signings if if damo can get lewis chambers playing to his best and every week that's a plus nathan burrows is his goalkeeper standout goalkeeper that's a plus and if aaron martin is match fit again he is one of the best players in this town it's as simple as that and in other Newark Town news, Andy Munton has signed for them as well as a goalkeeping coach. All right. So um, Muno is uh, going to bring his expertise very, very and his, a lot of expertise <coughs> yeah, um, to Newark Town. Harrowby have announced friendlies against Sleaford, Grantham, Stamford and Keyworth. Um, our match guide is, if I get enough time this weekend, going to be on our website this weekend. I did promise it last weekend, but hey-ho. It didn't happen. Is um, the Keyworth game away? The Keyworth game is, is away, yes. Because they've got cracking showers. I was yeah. there last Saturday. Is it <laughs> cricking? The Grantham game is part of the... <laughs> is, I know, I thought it was every day. <laughs> it is, is part of the Lynx Cup. So, just quickly, to dissect it, Bolsover got relegated, and they said, OK, fair enough, goodbye. Mm. If that is true, it's not very clever, is it? If, if it's not very clever, then it smacks of the Football Association, I think. Mm. Um, flow serve have got to wait to the AGM while well, we, we that's nothing that we didn't really expect no but I did hear an interesting snippet that uh, Newark flow serve are having season tickets next season well shall we ask the communications officer yes they are there you go then <laughs> have you got number one I can confirm that uh, I don't need one because they let me in for nothing bless them um We've mentioned the three signings. Um, I think they're excellent signings to Town, and I honestly think if that is the start, and I am told there's a couple of stellar signings to come, as I was also told there is a couple of stellar signings coming from Flosev, and I think I know who they are, but we'll wait and see. Mm. But both clubs have got two massive signings coming up. They're just waiting for clearances from the clubs that they played for last season as it gets closer and closer this is going to build up and build up particularly one of the names if i've got the flow serve one right one of the names is massive 
I'm really hoping that um, although the fixtures aren't out yet, certainly for FlowServe, uh, because the uh, Midlands Football League Premier Division have yet to organise their fixtures around grounds that are they're around teams that are actually ground sharing so we'll have to wait a bit for that but I really hope that Newark Flowserve and Newark Town can play at home on alternate Saturdays <coughs> I hope the fixtures work out that way <coughs> so, not the only one <laughs> so that the town of Newark can yeah. support both clubs equally and so can this reporter who can't be in two places at once and make it three when I have to go down to Cullen Road as well so there's your football gossip um, as we find it out we're going to put it on our social media Pages were in constant contact with Newark, Collingham, and Flowserve. Mm. Um, and as we get the information back, um, and I'm sure in the next seven to ten days, these big names, one of the Newark Town ones is going to be one heck of a shock if it comes off. One of the Newark Flowserve ones, Stella. Simple as that, Stella. Talking of Stella signings, Loughborough's got one, Jess Weaver. Mm. Right, Dad, come on. Um, I thought you were going to say, talking to Stella, we're going to the pub. Um, <laughs> where do you think she's going to go? What can she achieve? Uh, um, having watched Jess at the Principality... Because you always said to me, yeah. the one thing that's going to stop Jess being a great rugby player is a height. Yeah. I don't think that's a problem. No, I mean... Do you anymore? Uh, well, Jess has, Jess has kind of been working a lot in the gym. Uh, so y- you've got a lot stronger, haven't you? you you're mm-hmm. sort of holding your ground now. She's turning over a lot of balls at the breakdown, which really, really isn't her job. But for the first time when she played against Wales, I, I, I came away sort of purring a little bit. You know, everything seemed... I sort of thought, yeah, I couldn't say anything to criticise the game. She's really worked on her weaknesses. So for me, yeah, I, I do feel as though she could go all the way. Not, it's Jessie's, for me, it's Jessie's brain on the pitch that you see. It's just, well, just such peripheral vision, sees things that I don't and clearly other players don't, you know, and I think for me that's, that's what makes great players, I think. Yeah. Let's end tonight, Jess, with what could probably be the end of the film. Um, (laughs) an England captain leading her team out at the Principality Stadium in Wales I mean that's what films are made of it's what dreams are made of Um, that'll never happen it's too far fast I mean just your your feelings I mean I I spoke to dad um, and quite rightly so he was up on the roof somewhere but your feelings of all this I mean not just playing but you're the captain yeah I'm I mean, I was, I was so honoured to be asked, especially by my um, coach that I've had all kind of throughout my whole eight, under eighteens um, sort of ages at that level, and, and under fifteens even when I did divisional. Um, so I felt quite honoured to be asked, and, and to finish off, like you said, that like my under eighteens sort of like age group on that, um, yeah, was pretty amazing. Um, and yeah, like we had two, we've had two privileged to have two games this year um, for the under 18s um, girls. So that in general is just that one against Wales and one against Scotland. Um, so that in itself is amazing. Uh, we had Scotland first. I was on the bench for that. So then to allow other people to obviously 
have time as well um and obviously like you still worry about selection and stuff like that um but then to then know i was starting and then a couple of like a week before to get asked to be captain and for it to be finishing in the principality stadium like i did it the year before um and that was different because like still in still well in under 18s um didn't know quite where I was at and but then now to obviously do it again be captain um yeah actually I thought I'd be really nervous for it but actually made it more enjoy enjoyable because I I struggle sometimes quite badly with my nerves I've got a lot better now but um I can't imagine you suffering from your nerves before a rugby match (laughs) yes But, um, I'll tell your listeners one day about <laughs> that, that's sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was going to be, um, I was going to really crumble. Um, but yeah, it kind of made it more enjoyable, like running out with the girls, knowing that I sort of ha- I had the pressure on my shoulders to sort of put them at ease, which made me also feel, because there's a lot of new girls in the 18s this year, and to do that in, in that venue, when there's a lot of parents the welsh were quite loud um i mean it is a it's a massive thing like some of the girls are still only like 16 like it's really big so uh, yeah i felt i felt really honored to be asked to take out the the girls i've played with for probably a lot of my under 18s um like time and then new girls i only just really met so yeah it was it was amazing yeah best thing i've done I'll tell you somebody who was nervous and they're sitting, and they're sitting <laughs> next to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was distinctly nervous, wasn't you, Dad? We were, we all were, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was fantastic. The atmosphere was amazing and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I could well up now thinking about <laughs> it. <laughs> it. It has been, it's been a unique time mm-hmm. and you was one of the, the pinnacles of that unique time along with 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 maddie and 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 mark and claire and everybody and you know it 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 just was something that we'll ever remember and if there is ever a film there's going to be some soppy moments and we're going to end on the soppy moment because the reason we do this show the reason tony and i do this show four nights a week is to promote the jess weavers of this world because they are the future of sport and if Jess goes on, which I'm sure she will, to become a professional rugby player, it started in Newark and it started on this show. And it proves that dreams do happen. You know, I mean, like, so, <coughs> the, the, the dreams do come true. And um, it is going to be the best film ever. It will. <laughs> Jess, thank you very much. Thank you. We'll catch you again soon. Bye bye.